0: Okay so a quick documentary review. We did Free Solo last year and that went down a tree and I think probably the documentary of the moment, although uh, Diego Maradona is is clearly um, up there, is Apollo 11. Uh, once again uh, the vogue for just archive based documentaries i e no talking heads no reconstructions no interviews or freshly shot footage only constructing historical moments or historical portraits for the use of existing archive is is all the vogue at the moment but it's an incredibly difficult and skillful um, thing to do and to pull it off is 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 not n- is no easy task. Apollo 11 is directed by Todd Douglas Miller, um, produced by CNN Films, as in CNN the News Network, um, and he wanted to approach the subject a little bit like um, Asif Capadia did with uh, Senna, Maradona and uh, the Amy Winehouse dock. He had access to the vaults of NASA um, and was allowed to use footage that had previously been under lock and key and not seen before. Um, they had to go to ludicrous lengths actually to maintain the footage, r- restore the footage, protect the footage, and then transfer the footage onto a medium that could then be projected for us. Um, and that involved them having climate controlled vehicles, having to transport reels from NASA to the sort of studios and the dubbing studios to, to then edit with it. Um, and they also make great use of the audio recordings of the time, lots and lots of tape. And uh, again, they had to sort of brush up and scrub up all of the audio to make some of it audible, some of it. In, inaudible, and yet in its in, inaudibility, uh, if, if if there's such a word, um, it, it sort of adds to the authenticity of the experience. Now. I had a real problem with the idea of going to see First Man, the Ryan Gosling film about the lunar landings, uh, because I rather kind of smart-arsely kept saying, oh, well, we know what happens. Um, And yes, there's, you know, even though we know what happens, there's obviously with First Man, the drama of getting there, the personal story, the emotional story. But I don't know why watching a fiction about that didn't really appeal. So I I passed on First Man. and this one almost fell foul of the same thing at first I thought I don't I'm not entirely sure I want to spend an hour and a half in the cinema watching a film about you know something I know what happened I know how it happened and I know what got there and I know a lot of the footage you know we've all seen it even though we're probably unaware of the fact that this emblematic footage of Neil Armstrong walking onto the moon you know we all take it for granted now but this film to commemorate the 50th anniversary which will be this month of the lunar landings um, is quite a remarkable achievement I think it's an absolute micro gem of documentary cleverness Um, the first half hour of this film I think was one of the most stressful dramatic heart-poundingly exciting and gut-wrenching and, and nerve-shredding um, experience I could, I've could i ever watched. Uh, it's helped by a remarkable soundtrack by Matt Morton and some really brilliant sound design, but we effectively go through a real-time process of watching the countdown, the preparation, the meticulous preparation, the enormous machinery involved in bringing the launch pad out onto the airstrip and the construction of the, you know, the tower, um, and, and we're seeing footage of the, the astronauts that we've never seen before, an extreme close-up, and beautiful Technicolor um, as they're prepping and getting ready to go on. And again I thought all of this would be you know interesting but I didn't think it would be amazing. But the, the director manages to infuse this footage with such a sort of present day stress. This felt now. This felt of the now. And and in a weird way, you sort of watch this. And whilst there'll be loads of, you know, there are loads of people who think that the moon landings didn't happen. There's all those conspiracy theories. I would recommend anyone who does support those theories to watch this, because if it was a hoax, and I don't believe it was, it's a very elaborate hoax. And, it, you know, the, the level of detail, the scale of technical Manpower, men, women, all throwing their scientific, technical, engineering expertise into this effort. It was quite remarkable. And the film uses a few very gentle devices just to ratchet up the drama, though the drama doesn't really need ratcheting. You've got many natural narrative cliff edge moments. So you have the countdown to launch, you have the countdown to one part of the rocket separating and then firing off. You've got the countdown to. You've got these interesting diagrams that show you how. Uh, when, they, when they were traveling to the moon, they had to do a sort of slingshot action around the earth. And then once they got to the moon, they had to do a slingshot action where they went round the backside of the moon, the dark side of the moon, to quote uh, Pink Floyd, um, where they would lose transmission with earth and then come all the way back round before then landing on the moon. And then you had this remarkable second story. So that's the drama of getting there. And then you've got the remarkable stuff of them on the moon, which is probably the most well seen, most well covered, you know, it's the most familiar footage. But the getting there was brilliantly stressful and tense. But then you also have the, the last half, so it's a, a film in three parts. Getting there, there, getting back. And getting back was as remarkable as getting there. It's, you know, some of these most precise manoeuvres in space of docking, locking the, the, the spaceships together, locking the eagle onto the mothership and then getting back and then actual footage out of the window as they come back through the Earth's atmosphere and onto land. You know, you got a sense of the public spectacle as well. The director has has purloined some of the most wonderful archive footage of crowds prepping to look at this from the sky. The colours, it felt so real. It made 1969 feel like today. And as you were watching the sort of relatively dated sort of all the products you know the hats the clothes the cans of soft drinks that they were using and drinking and you felt this sense of nostalgia and a a time lost you're then looking at all this kit and technology that's got them up to space and you're thinking we couldn't do that again now or why haven't we done it again so you know, this is a remarkable testimony to human endeavor. So as you watch these three men, Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong, and Michael Collins, all, you know, heading up to the moon, um, you're reminded of how infinitesimally small they were and we were. And you are made to rethink about that quote that Neil Armstrong made as he stepped off the uh, off the eagle um and you've got that sense of I'd, I'd, I'd like to know does anyone know was that a line that was re- pre-written for him to say when he landed do you think NASA had decided what he was going to say or did he think of that did he improv that as he stepped off and onto the lunar landscape because you got a real sense in this film of precisely what that infamous quote one small step for man one giant leap for mankind what that actually meant because you know you see their footprints in the sand and it's almost the ordinariness of seeing boot prints and the plastic under treads of the boots as Buzz Aldrin started to come down the steps and he and he rather com- comedically says I better not shut the door and lock us out imagine if you got locked out and so you've got and then you were reminded of this curious detail that whilst they were Buzz and Neil sort of plopping around on the on the lunar surface Michael Collins was having to go round the moon once more and come back round to pick them up and, and take them off again and you sort of, you think god this was a sort of seven to nine day exercise of them heading up to the moon doing a bit of this and coming back and On the one hand, it is an extraordinary endeavour and then on another, these three men make it look quite everyday and ordinary. They land, they're normal, they're waving, they get back on the aircraft carrier, there's footage of Nixon receiving them. You hear the the call from Nixon to them on the moon. And what I also liked about this film was you've got lots lots more content about um, what they were doing up there and the experiments they were setting and what it felt like and how beautiful it looked. You hear Neil Armstrong talking about the beauty of it and how it reminded him of the deserts of America. So this is quite a beautiful film and it's a beautiful testimony to a moment in mankind's history that is really a very symbolic moment. Okay, huge arguments as to should we be going up there, should we be exploring Saturn, aren't there more important things to spend money on down on Earth? Yes there are, but this happened and so this documentary profiling this most amazing moment is a beautiful example of how working with the limited footage available, you can turn something that you feel is very familiar and very well-trodden and a very well-known story into vitally new material. So it was invested with a life and a relevance. And a particular shout out has to go to the sound design and sound editing because although we have, there is not one single, even off-camera talking head. Um, I mean, when, they, uh, when Asif Kapadia made uh, Amy, Senna and the Mar- Maradona documentary, he did do freshly recorded interviews and he would float the audio over the archive that he was working with. In this film, uh, the director has only used sort of, you know, archival material recorded from the actual um, expedition, you know, the, the scientists back at NASA Command Center, you know, all of their instructions, what have you, but also radio and television footage. So it's, it has a sort of granular, grainy authenticity to the audio as much as it does to the to the pictures. I mean, the pictures are almost so pristine. Some of this is shot on 70mm, remarkably, um, footage that just hasn't been seen before. And, you know, you've got this very authentic audio scape, which at times is almost, as I said, inaudible and and not understandable. And yet that strangely adds to that crackly sense. There's a sort of dichotomy here of remarkable technology getting them to the moon and the most unremarkable technology that couldn't even record perfect sound. And so you begin to have this strange tug of we're watching live footage from space of a man on the moon versus we can't even press a red button or get a get a clear audio feed and so you know again you're reminded of 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 a time where technology was this sort of you know they say now that the technology in an iPhone there's the same amount of technology in one iPhone that got the rock got the men on the moon When you think about that, and you see these banks and banks, and there were some great shots of the NASA Control Center, uh, tracking shots of just thousands of men. I mean, my God, they must have all got the same white shirts and ties from the same stores. So many cigarettes being smoked. And at the end, when they'd landed and everyone was celebrating, I've never seen so many cigars. I mean, you must have been choking in there. And then you had these banks and banks and banks of these stacker units, which were the, you know, will have been the whirring sounds of computers. You know, all that technology now is just in your iPhone. This film truly takes off in a way that I just wasn't expecting it to. So I was on the edge of my seat and I felt very emotional throughout it. It's a real emotional rocket ride through space. For more film and family fun, don't forget to click the subscribe button and make sure to click the bell to never miss an update.